Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of the Press Play and Run Podcast with me, Ryan Miller, and my co-host, Alison Jardin, who is in the exotic location of Aberdeen this week. How are you, Alison? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? I'm good, I'm good. Actually, strangely, your Wi-Fi looks better there than it does at home, so I don't know how that's happened. See, I told you we have Wi-Fi in the sticks. Somebody must be up in the roof with a big aerial somewhere up there. <laughs> have you enjoyed your break up there? It's been lovely, thanks. Not relaxing at all when you've got a dog uh, that still needs walked in the rain and we've had a lot of storms up here. I think it's been the same with you guys. But no, nice to have some time off work. Yeah, and I think we I saw you on Christmas morning for yes. for your first ever Christmas park run at Drumpeller Park. So that was lovely. That was a lovely way to spend the morning. But again, the weather wasn't overly kind there. But how how was that for you? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was fab. Like you say, it was the first one I'd ever done and I would definitely recommend it and I'm going to do it again. It was just like such a nice atmosphere, wasn't it? It was great. It's just that that's me done a couple of them now and the atmosphere is just, it's just great because you're getting a lot, you're getting such a big crowd there because there's so few of them on relatively that people tend to funnel towards the same one. So I think that was the Peller Park largest ever turnout for a park. What was it? I knew they were close when we left. Yeah, Yeah, so it was a record number, great atmosphere on the day, huge kudos to the volunteers and the core team for getting that on and and giving up some of their family time as well. So, So thank you to them as well. But no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the run. Got round in one piece, started off easy, hamstring feeling good. I think I'm about, I'd say about 90% there now, 95% there. It's building up, but I did, as I spoke to you about, I missed the telly 10k. I just didn't feel like I had 10k sustained effort in me for my hamstring yet. And it, there's too much in the goal, which we'll come to for 2024, to be risking it on a one last hurrah for a race that's not a goal race by any means. I thought that was very um, sensible of you, which doesn't happen often, but it does show that you can be sensible sometimes. Growth, is that what they call it? Growth, yes, you've learned a lot. That's what your positive from 2023 is. I think it might be the first time I've ever let the sensible head prevail and um, like not run the race when you know you shouldn't run the race. And you get such bad FOMO looking online and seeing everybody there and you're like, oh my God, I could have got through it. And and I could have, and I could have gone and jogged and I I know I could have done these things, but I actually ended up doing a speed session where I could do a long warm up, ease into the reps, feel where my ham is and sort of base my effort in and off it. So that's really what I needed at the moment just to get myself back. But that's me one week down on the London plan. So one week of my Cooper plan ticked off and only 16 weeks to London. Isn't that crazy? I know, I know. And we'll talk about, about that on t- with today's guest about some of the, the goal races, but it's it, it's mad that it's only 16 weeks away because you know how quickly they disappear yeah. when you're just chalking one off at a time. I actually saw something on one of the Facebook groups I'm on today about Tokyo, and that's like not long away at all. So then you've obviously got Boston, then London, and yeah. they do, they come, and because you tick them off that way each year with all the others in between, it yeah. just comes flying around, doesn't it? Yeah, we're in that time of year where everybody's sort of looking back, looking forward, mm-hmm. seeing, seeing a lot of that on Instagram. And I've put on a post just reflecting on my PBs actually from one year because they're a good marker of progress for me. And actually I had some time-related goals last year of which I think I met them all for the first time. So it's been it's been nice to see the recaps. It's also an interesting one because you can see where it's not always a positive picture for people. And you can mm-hmm. see that these reviews and looking forward things bring some pressure to people as well. So where do you stand on that kind of looking back, looking forward? Where do you get in your head with it? 
see, I really enjoy it because I think that maybe if even if you didn't hit those goals, you've still achieved something. If you cr- finish the race, cross the line, then and you've got the medal, you've met people. I don't think it's all about times. Like mine was more just about memories, and like obviously my big one was the six stars, but yeah. it was also about the people that we've met this year through things like press play and run and the yeah. long run club. So I like it personally but I know what you mean some people do have an issue with it because it may be that they didn't quite get to where they want to be but you know I'm more of a positive person so yeah. I'll always I, find the positives. I've had those years myself I've had those down years and I've actually you know more than once it's but behind them there's always a reason mm-hmm. and and there's always learning in it and that reason can be as simple as you weren't in the right place at the right time in your head or in your body for the mm-hmm. goals that you'd set early in the year you know circumstances outside your control there's a million reasons why you won't achieve especially if you set scary goals and set mm-hmm. really hard to achieve goals which i'm a fan of there's always a risk there always should be a risk that you won't reach them otherwise you're just setting things for the sake of ticking off a list it's like writing the to-do list at work that you've already done half the stuff for it makes no yeah. sense i know that people like timed goals like and that's totally fine and i've been that person but i think for me going forward into next year tomorrow i think that i want to maybe do like more fun things like try and i said to sandy maybe do one race a month minimum you know like so that's another type of goal to keep pushing myself but in a different way and it kind of makes you put like you say outside your comfort zone I might pick ones that I've never have done before and then get to meet new people and so I think it's important to remember goals don't have to be time but I still do like that as well. So I am going to put a post up later I think I'm going to do it's a rest day today but I'm going to run 4.8k today because it takes me up to a nice round number for the year. And what's that? 2750 kilometers for the year if i get if i get that four point whatever okay so i'm going to go a very gentle run with nicola and the dogs today and just get out and and do that but next year i'm going to put a post up about goals because i'm changing that up a wee bit and not not for instagram for myself it's not going to be time none of it's time dependent although i would front load that by saying that if i achieve my goals i would hope to improve my times at every distance mm-hmm. so time will be a marker of progress but won't be the goal it's going to yeah. be about process and about changing things that i think will improve my experience of so i not improving my marathon time is the goal but finishing much stronger there's yeah. one like i want to finish my next marathon and the one after London and Chicago feeling strong feeling happy feeling wrung out but not like that way I was at the end of Edinburgh and so that's going to mean doing certain things to get there to change that so that's going to be my sort of focus on goal setting for this year is changing the process to to do the things a lot around the community as well things that sort of fill my cup spend time with the people that lift me up and that you can elevate them as well yeah and it is it's looking at what like you say there you can have your goal but how'd you get there so we've spoke about this i think it was last episode about plathes about strength conditioning like your nutrition like they're all things you can focus on to make the goal achievable and happen and i think that's actually interesting you say that because we were speaking about that me and my friend last night about like it's been this last six months for me has been a bit more lax as in like you know going and joy running and you know it's not all about the racing anymore and just because it's been such a big few years to get my six stars but for me I think now it's time to focus again like it's been fun but yeah. you know make sure get the protein balance a bit better and you know yeah. like hydrate enough and start doing the strength a bit more and it is and you you quickly see the benefits as a runner if you do those things so it's like once you see results then you keep going yeah 
Yeah, it's mad progress I've made in the last year, and I'm mm. not not kind of just moving on to the next thing. I've I'm, I have reflected on it, but mm -hmm. yeah, the goals. I just don't want to really set arbitrary goals this year. I just don't want to be saying like you know a, an eighteen thirty five k because if I don't get there, does that look like a does it feel like a failure yeah. or actually myself limiting? Could I go seventeen something if I don't cap myself to thinking eighteen? I'm just not interested in setting those concrete times. I want to. I want to wring everything out myself that I can next year. That's as simple as that. And that's to do with the podcast, the community, the time. So I'm looking forward to it. I've not signed up for a whole ton in 2024. I have London, Chicago. I have 20 along the 4th. Yes. And I have Down by the River, which has become an annual occurrence for us or for me anyway. That's like I've done the last three. Albeit they're always a nice wee marker for sort of where I'm at. But I've not signed up for tons yet. That's a conscious thing as mm -hmm. well. I just want to make sure I pick and choose the right events. But like you, I do want to be active in that race. Sam Bilby spoke about it last week. Mm -hmm. She says she does her best training when she's racing and I feel the same. As long as every goal is not a goal race and it's all part of a build. Um, but yeah. what, about, what about you? Have you got your thoughts on events? <laughs> yeah, so I obviously said to you a while ago, I didn't know what to do because, you know, what do you do after running like Tokyo? And that was a great way to finish. And just nothing was kind of, really catching my eye and then I realized that I still have the championship time to qualify for London and you know I can't sit and watch other people do it and not do it so I've applied and it is a guaranteed spot so I'm coming to London press player run on to <laughs> let's go <laughs> No, I'm delighted. I'm delighted it's out there as well. So many times I've nearly slipped up I and know. asked you about this during, <laughs> during the, uh, the interviews. So no, I know I know you and I, I know a couple of people that have got those championship times mm -hmm. and um, actually one of our future guests and we won't name name and shame yet but one of our future guests is in the same boat and hopefully, uh, well hopefully you're both on the line but that's class. I'm delighted that, that you're coming as well. That'll that will help shape my experience of it too. So are you, are you buzzing for it? How are you feeling about it? No, I'm excited because it was actually bothering me that I didn't have something. And it hadn't. It really honestly hadn't crossed my mind. And then it was Sandy said to me, look, this is too good an opportunity not to take. Like not many people get the chance to do it. You've done it once. It maybe didn't go to plan the last time as we spoke about. So why don't you just go back? No pressure this time. Just go and actually enjoy it. And it's like you say, then you've got that goal and you work towards it using other things. So I signed up to the, the 20 along the 4th after speaking to a few of you guys. That'll be a good training run. Never done it before. Always fancied it. Going to start doing more park runs again because that was something we did a lot of in the summer and it kind of like filtered off towards the end of the year. So no, I'm really excited. I love London. That's not a secret. It's one of my favourites. We're so excited you're coming and it's your first major. I think there's about eight or nine of us in the club, isn't yeah, there? Yeah. A good, so, like maybe even more now. I think we might be near our 10. It's, it's yeah. a good number of the club are running. Uh, I'm delighted that you're going to get the chance as well to sort of maybe put that goes to rest of mm -hmm. your first time in the championship pen um, because I know it probably threw you a wee bit mentally and you start yeah. questioning your place in it and, uh, and I think you will you will I know what you're like you'll have learned from it and yeah you'll probably go in a lot less pressurized this mm -hmm. time and in a better place to enjoy it so buzzing for you buzzing yeah. it's out there I, d I don't think i knew you'd signed up for 20 along the fourth have we even spoken about that i don't know i think i can't remember if i told you last week it was so last minute because i'd looked at it and just assumed it was one that sold out because there's is there one that's similar that does i don't know if that one's sold out i know that it's in the mm -hmm. same weekend yeah. as the aloha half and uh, okay to be like 
it's a very popular race, but I know a lot of people that go annually to the Aloha Half as well. That's quite a big club place. Uh -huh. So, so no, I just aye. thought, do you know what? I've always said, well, I quite fan I've always fancied running along that, and I thought, well, do you know what? Why not? It's a like you say. I think on the plan, it's actually the week that has that distance anyway. So perfect. Yeah. Won't be like a race race, but you know you can pick the pace up and yeah. just see where you're at. So no, I'm really excited, and I'm just. I think it'll be so much fun, and it's just such a great atmosphere down there. So. Fingers crossed for a good training block for both of us and no injuries. Yeah, that that's it. And uh, the first week's gone well for me. I'm using Coupa again for my plan. I've got that set up, and yeah, yeah, it's it served me well in the past. I've kind of changed up my my goal within the Coupa plan, and that's maybe that that's certainly changed the mileage. I had a wee look forward. Sometimes it's scary to do that. I had a wee look forward at the weekly mileage. I'm like, oh my god! But you <laughs> you need to remember you're not where you'll be in ten weeks, and it's when you start hitting those peak mm. peak weeks. So I've not signed up for anything else. I'm going to try my best to, to sign up for a couple of events in and around sort of pod type meetup things on the way as well, where it's not a goal race, but we can bring people together and it mm. might be a goal race for somebody else. And I'm actually being very conscious because I've been looking at the race calendar about some of the organisations that we're racing for. I wanted to pick that up with you actually. We've not discussed it previous to, to me bringing this up, but somebody had actually messaged me to ask me if I was doing the Supernova, the fourth road bridge. It's my running that do it. And it's a 5K. I, I wasn't doing it. I had no intention of doing it. I hadn't even seen it. But I had a look at it when I was speaking to them. £38.50 for a 5K. Oh, my uh, God. And it's a ballot process. And you have to pay the full cost up front. And then they refund you if you don't get in. I'm like, there's so much about that that just doesn't sit no. right. And my running, I think... Is my running responsible for Edinburgh? I don't know if they actually are. I think they are. I think they are because I've been getting emails lately from my running and yeah. it's about Edinburgh. That is ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of the, the team that put on some of the Edinburgh Marathon stuff, mm -hmm. like the people that I've met yeah. through and spoken to. But there's even aspects of the Edinburgh Marathon with cost. I signed Nicola up for our first ever half marathon. It's part of our Christmas. That might be the most unwelcome <laughs> Christmas present there's ever been. Even the cost of that and looking at the cost of the Edinburgh Marathon and reflecting on what you get at Edinburgh versus something like London, which is not actually that much more expensive. Um, this is my issue. Like, I know what London costs, and it's a yeah. lot less than the other majors. But then you look at that 5k, £38. Um, there was another half that I looked at, and it was 45 And I'm like, this it is starting to make running unaffordable for people that want to maybe go to races. I've got to be in my bonnet about it. It's always been a thing in my life and in my work about that, that equity side of things and, and what you get. But, you know, you're not getting... Our own national marathon, you're not getting an expo, you're not getting pacers, you're not, they finish your t-shirt, same every year, medal, same every yeah. year. There's aspects of it where you're just thinking, in terms of value for money, yep, of course they need to put events on, it needs to probably be profitable, it's a business after all, but you need to do something to create the experience for people, you know, and that's, it's just, there's bits not sitting right and I'm not going to be putting my hand in my pocket to support organisations and races particularly that are not given back. Do you know what I've always said, and I've said this to you before, my favourite races are the small local ones. The ones that the volunteers ask for nothing other than like maybe the entry fee to cover like a medal or a t-shirt. You get like the tea, the coffee, a cake at the end. They come and give their time for nothing. The atmosphere is great and it maybe costs like £15. I exact same and supporting those types of mm -hmm. races. I'd support, always do that. 
supporting those types of races you get a sense of community it's good value something mm -hmm. like down by the river i think it was like it's 13 quid or something for a 10 for a 10k mm -hmm. and last year at it would become away i think with a buff rather than a medal but you've got a buff that you'll wear or something practical in it they put uh -huh. on something that they bite a bite to eat and then you're looking at something like that 38 50 for a 5k that just doesn't sit right no. i don't care if it's lit up and you get a head torch at the i don't it doesn't matter what's in that bag that's just not value and then you've got dublin marathon this year taking 10 euro entry to enter the ballot are you being serious no. so 10 10 euros to enter the ballot if you're unsuccessful they'll refund seven euros of it so how many people are in on that ballot how much admin is involved there's, there's an element of profiteering at a point oh it's when, becoming that uh, mm -hmm. yep yeah. and and all of that's within the back of my mind, knowing what Chicago's costing, which is just like sell a kidney territory. Um, Remember, we don't talk about how much. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we don't. We're half the cost when we're talking about it. If, any, if partners are listening, it costs half of what you think it costs. Whatever <laughs> you think it costs, it costs half. But anyway, enough about my high horse. That's the type of events I'm going to be looking at. That's the type of things I'm going to be looking to build into my Cooper plan. So if I've got a 10k session, easy run, maybe make some of these more local races part of the session, get the community together and keep working like that. So hopefully we can get you there as well. Definitely. And with all that said, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to catch up about marathons and whatnot. It's time to introduce our guest for this episode. In this episode, we're joined by a pivotal member, actually, of the Press Play and Run community and actually the wider running community, somebody that I probably met at the beginning of this year. Don't even know where we met. Hopefully his memory is better than mine. But what I would say is that when we put this guest announcement up to say that Jim Boyle was joining us, we've not had a reaction like this to a guest announcement for quite a while. And I think it speaks to the person Jim is, his place in the community and that kind of relentless lifting up of other people that he does i like to think of jim as like you know something from harry potter he just appears by my side at places doesn't tell you he's coming he just appears at park run and says hello and he's there and he's he's right beside you he's he's an enigma wrapped up in a mystery for me but one of the absolute good guys and that's not coming from me that's coming from the the community so welcome to press play and run jim boyle how are you jim i'm well thank you very much and thanks for the invite and thanks for the big build up you, you know when you see the announcement and the comments on it you ever feel like you're reading your own obituary uh people saying such such nice things about you so it's it, it's uh it's it's nice to hear and read them and thanks for your kind words jim see when it comes to that moment and it's actually your obituary nobody will be as kind as that it's only because you're still there to read it that they say these nice things <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's quite a surreal experience to read what people are saying about you because often, and I know I've, I've got to know you over this the course of this year, it's not something you spend that much time thinking about is your place in the run community particularly. Um, but I hope that you've seen the value that you add to people's running experience just by your investment in them. That's what struck me about reading the comments. And actually, if anything struck me, it was a wide range of people commenting. You know, you've got people from the very start of their running journey through to Mark Gallagher, who is practically like Mo Farah in my eyes. You know, like he, he's he's done it all. He's wore the, the Scotland vest. And then you've got people right at the start. So you've clearly connected with all of these people. Surely that needs to give you a bit of a buzz. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ryan, you, you set up the podcast aimed at the everyday runner, and I guess they don't come more every day than me. So I, I guess I, I guess that's probably struck a chord with people and uh, and, and been quite heart, heartwarming from, from my perspective. 
Yeah, I think, Alison, it's probably a reminder for us as well about our niche and what we are as a podcast. And sometimes we have the opportunity to speak to people, the last couple of guests, Meryl and Sam, people at the very top end of their game. And in some respects as well, still everyday runners, absolutely. You know, if anything, probably twice a day runners now. But they started somewhere and now we're coming back to somebody in yourself, Jim, that is much more, it's not a job by any means. It's not a source of financial income, if anything. It's a financial drain, this hobby that we have. But we're we're about the everyday runner, eh, Alison? And this brings us Mm -hmm. back to it. No, it is. And uh, like we were just, I was laughing there when you said about Jim just pops up because it was part run last Saturday, wasn't it? And I was like, oh, where did you come from? He's like, I thought I'd just pop along. And it's always nice when Jim does pop along because there's been so many part runs this year and not just part runs, but you just inspire me so much because you've done, well, I'll let you obviously talk about it, but just seeing what you've achieved even this year alone, I just think it's amazing. Um, And I think that's why you've got such a good reaction as well, because it's relatable, but it's also just like, wow, you've done another marathon or you're in another country. Jim, you even popped up on one of the press plane run long runs this year. By accident, but running the other way. Really, there's Jim. A little, a little one k cameo with some of the team. A little dot in the horizon coming closer, and then you realise, oh, I know him. He was like, no, I didn't want to run with you, so I ran 16k the opposite direction from your 16k. Um, (laughs) Which we'll get to, because I think there's probably reasons for that at that point. I don't think it was just to avoid me. I think that that's an added bonus of it. But Jim, I'm I'm conscious that not everybody who listens will know who you are or follow you. I was actually looking at your profile and I'm going to demand that more people follow you. They should be following to just see the exotic locations Jim runs in. No two runs are ever the bloody same. He's Mm -hmm. gallivanting all over the place. But Jim, can you give us the cliff notes on your running from the start? I suppose, like, when did it kick off and give us a sort of potted history in terms of those big key landmark events up to sort of broadly where we are now? Yeah, okay, I'll I'll try and there, there's probably a, a, a couple of chapters or installments, so uh, probably a, a bit like you, but without the ability it started with playing football at school Ryan, where uh, I, I was quite active and quite sporty had had never run, but I, I kind of had that dawning realisation that my ambition wasn't quite matched by my ability didn't really pursue school or pursue sport through university or studies uh, ended up, the first race I entered was a Glasgow 10k back in September 20 or 2003, so one of my best schoolmate's daughter is visually impaired and when she was born the family got a lot of support from a a small charity called Max uh, in the first year 18 months of her life and and wanted to do something to give something back to the charity so three of us entered the Glasgow 10k having never run before It, it was a great experience really enjoyed it and managed to get round in 47 minutes which I thought was pretty creditable uh, debut, pleased with that. And I'm even more pleased that 20 years on, I can comfortably beat that time. Most most, most 10Ks I do, which is is something I I take pleasure on. But I I really caught the bug at that point. I signed up for quite a lot of 10Ks, eventually did a half. I think the first half I did was the Balloch to Clyde Bank half marathon, uh, where it was lots of intimidating club vests and and me and a few others eventually i I kind of thought doing a marathon was the natural next step yeah and through through that same charity max 
got a place in the London Marathon in 2005. That, for, for reasons I'll go into and probably get a, a little, little bit, it, it was more of an emotional roller coaster than I thought I was signing up for. So the, the race itself was, was fantastic. Completed it in 3.57, raised about £3,000 for the charity. So a great, great feeling of, of elation. Uh, achievement, success. Unbeknown to me, whilst I was running around London, my father-in-law back home had a heart attack. Unfortunately, didn't recover from that and we lost him a few days later. To her great credit, and I'm ever so grateful, my wife let me have my five minutes of elation before sharing that news. And, and I've never really had such a high and such a low together. Yeah. And, and it was quite a tough lesson in in perspective, because we we get wrapped up in things like our work or our running, but sometimes forget that's not the be all and end all. There's bigger, bigger, more important things in life. That was a real up and down in in that day. To to this day, London's probably off limits uh, just because of the memories. So I'd love to do yeah. London again, but I think it'd be difficult for both of us. Races can definitely become wrapped up in something bigger. But Jim, we were just speaking before you came on to the call there about reflecting on our 2023s and I think that touches on Alice and what we were just talking about perspective is everything you know even if it's not been the year not been the race not been the whatever it's just running yeah you know no matter what running is to you and I think Jim that's a a nice example of how something as big as London you could be as high as you want or as low as you want but the, the truth is always somewhere in the middle it's just running absolutely Sometimes it's so easy for us to get caught up in running, isn't it? Like it can be this your saviour when you're having a bad time, you know, you you get out the door, go for a run, you feel better. But at the same time, when you become fixated on something, if there's an end goal and it doesn't feel like you're getting there or you didn't get to where you thought you should be, it can have that opposite effect when really if you take the step back, it's just running. There's yeah. more to life, isn't there? Like yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, for me anyway, it can help you cope and I've ran through grief and it was a mm -hmm. an important probably crutch at the time that yeah. but it doesn't fix anything on it in and of itself. So so Jim, that's that's your first that'll be forever coloured. That's your first major. Yeah, so that was that was my first major, and that that was kind of the, the first chapter of of the running career. Uh, for for a, a kind of variety of reasons, I just didn't build on London. Maybe what happened in the day had an impact. I, I had a kind of busy work schedule, travelling a lot, a lot of networking dinners. The kids were young and they had a lot of activities. Subconsciously, I think I'd ticked the box. I'd done my first marathon and, and, and I needed a new challenge. I liked running at that point, but I didn't love it. So I didn't miss doing it. Uh, and then I, I just got into kind of bad habits and poor discipline. Before I knew it, I was 15 stone, had had a couple of bumps in the road at work and was in a, a little bit of a rut. Had my annual work medical uh, and the doctor came, spoke to me at the end of it and said, uh, Mr Boyle, some of the scores are starting to go into the Amber Territory. If you don't get to grips with your lifestyle, diet and health by the time you're 50, you'll never get on top of it. And with hindsight, that was just the kick up the backside that I needed yeah. at the time. Jim, where are we in the timeline here? What year? So this was about 2015, 2016. Okay. So I pretty much had a 10-year sabbat sabbatical from any form of exercise. Just to be 10 years off. <laughs> yeah, just 10 years off. So I, I went home from a medical, told the family I'm going to target the Glasgow 10K and they just laughed. <laughs> and uh, that, that was all the motivation I needed. They're, they're going to kill me for saying that 
because uh, they couldn't be more supportive or tolerant or understanding of my running. But it, it was just the tough love that I needed at that point. Yeah. So I, I kind of went back out running. First few runs were absolute torture. Disgusting. I could run two or, two or three minutes out of breath stitches really really struggling but i started falling in love with running and kind of got got the bug again uh started to feel better feel better about myself get a little bit faster uh did quite a lot of 10ks over that time glasgow paisley dumbarton and and the times crept down uh, so I think the the first, and it was the, they're now the Babcocks, but there was the Polaroid series. I, I remember getting into them because at that point, Polaroid was one of my clients. So they, they talked me into signing up to support the event. So I remember 62 minutes, 61 minutes, and then the absolute elation of getting back under the hour. And and I was really on a roll. Uh, and, and at that point, I, I'd never been part of an organised running group or club. Went along to some Jog Scotland Mogai sessions really enjoyed them timing wise because it was 6.30 on a Thursday night it was just too big a stretch to be able to commit to get there on time every week I went to my first park run in 2017 and that's probably my sliding doors moment in terms of running I'd never heard of park run until I, I read about the launch of Drum Chapel Park Run uh, went went along and in incredible community an incredible bunch of volunteers many of whom don't actually run they just go and volunteer through that i met quite a few people that were in a member of a local club garscoop harriers which uh, is is one of the biggest and oldest uh, running clubs in in scotland they probably don't realize the impact and inspiration they they had at the time to me i I was never a club club runner person as i said earlier the people in the vests kind of scared me a little bit a little bit intimidating and i I know you've said likewise ryan uh in my one of them (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) in my head they were a, a little bit serious a little bit cliquey elitist uh, but eventually I took a brave pill and went along and God, I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah, there were fast folk, but there were lots of people just like me. Lo- lots of ages, shapes, abilities and, and so supportive, friendly, inclusive and, and welcoming. And, and and I think if I, I look back, going to that first park run and joining the club is, is probably one of the best things I've, I've ever done in my life. And and se- seven years on, this non-club type, I'm, I'm now the vice president of the club. Uh, <laughs> I'd say most of my closest friends or people I've met through running or the club, uh, I'm involved in their social media team. It's become a, a kind of common phrase to say, find your tribe. So I, I kind of found my tribe before finding your tribe was even a thing. Right. I, I've probably never looked back since that point and uh, and since then signed up for kind of countless races marathon whilst i've had minor ups and downs and purple patches and niggles it's been the best five six years of of my life i would say i think we've all felt that about the club runners i still do it when i get out of the car at a race and go god look you know they're real runners you know they've got club vests even though i'm wearing one too (laughs) and Like, I think there's still that fear if you aren't in a club. Everything you've just said, it's like, oh my God, they're real runners. Oh, you know, they're going to be fast. You know, it's cliquey. But when you actually start to speak to runners in clubs like us and, you know, the wider community, it's not like that at all. So I would say to people that if your kind is still like on, like skirting around the whole should I join, 
maybe make that something that you think about going into this year because like you say Jim it's one of the best things you obviously did and I don't think that you would regret it if you you gave it a shot yeah and and I, I'll take the excuse to get a plug in and hopefully Ryan won't edit it out but we, we've got Gersh Gubariers I've got a beginners and improvers group starts in in the first or first full week back in January and and we've had 30 to 50 along each year and, and a lot of them have, have eventually joined the club. There's lot, lots of, whether it's it, it's couch to 5k, there's so many groups and opportunities to get into running and, and in a kind of friendly, supportive environment. It's a shame I'm editing that bit out, but that was lovely. It's lovely words, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of the interesting bits about the work that I've been doing with Cooper. Um, the ambassadorship and being on their testing team as you get involved in the conversations that you probably wouldn't normally hear is just at the user end of and I'm interested in it because it's fascinating to me but one of their key pieces of research are that more than 50% of the people who start their plan and finish their plan so do let's say doesn't matter if it's couch to 5k or 10k whatever your target is the retention rate for people like that is below 50% yeah so you know you're, you're at that time of year January new me this is get this in the ears of people listen to what Jim's saying there go along you're much more liable to stick the course with people around you going through the same thing you know it's very easy to focus on that I am going to in January get to run 5k but you'll then get to 5k what next is the it's a bigger picture and it's running for running's sake and what it can give you as opposed to just that arbitrary target so Jim couldn't agree more that's a I'm more than delighted to put that plug in for your club and for any club actually that's got stuff like that on share it with us on the podcast page just tag us I'm happy to share Alison you're spot on about the club races though the, the vest I still do it myself I get out there and what most of us don't understand that you are that person to somebody else you yeah. are the intimidating person in the club and it doesn't matter where you are in the field you know for yeah. me i just look at the top 10 percent of a race field and i was looking at the telly 10k results because i didn't go i could have run sub 40 that day and not been in the top 100 you know like that's that is a fast 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 race yeah. there's always somebody else to go oh i'm not like them but there's how many people are behind you thinking that about you the other thing just because i know we're jumping about a bit but jim obviously you've said park runs are huge well it was the sliding door moment for you and it is again probably important to focus on that because we love it we've done the tourism we've met people we've done our press plane run takeovers but that to me is another huge thing and I guess it's that moment where if you're maybe not ready to join a club but you want to dip your toe in you want to just try I'd say a part run again is an excellent way to become part of that because there again it's no pressure I'd say it's less than a race because you don't generally have people turning up in a club vest maybe on the odd occasion but you can walk you can run you can walk run you can jog you can do whatever you want to do there's every mix there's like every ability you could imagine there's people with dogs buggies don't be intimidated I always say that to people I love the park runs because they are for everyone yeah and I'm huge advocate and supporter of a park run I think it's just such a, a fantastic inclusive initiative and as you said Alison you get Yesterday I was at Park Run and you got a couple of guys at the sharp end in 17 minutes and you got people 
uh, they're kind of 50 to 60 minutes, bug, buggies, dogs and, and whatnot, and, and everyone's in, in it together. And, and, and I'm also a big, big supporter of the mantra. It's, it's a run, not a race. Uh, so you don't have winners, you have first finishers. And it's interesting, I, I think it's Germany and a few foreign countries, they actually list the, the finishing times in, in name order. So it's alphabetical order rather than place, just, oh. just to re, just to re- re-emphasize that point. Not uh, even that. That's bloody it's a, disgusting. It's a run, it's a <laughs> Ryan will be changing his name to something that starts with A. <laughs> that brings all sorts of issues with somebody that doesn't know the alphabet. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're spot on, but let's calm down with the whole alphabetical order thing, Jim. I like to look at the times and go, oh my God, there was somebody there that was sick. Did you see that guy? It was 16 minutes. Did you see that guy? It was like 14 minutes. The world, world record's falling, it feels like, all the time at the moment. Jim, hit me with some park run stats. You must know some. How many have you done? How many? Where have you been? So I've done... 228 so all, all being well in, injury apart i'll hit 250 in 2024 which is good uh, and i've done 39 different locations uh, a, a handful abroad but most of the scottish ones i, I think in, in the central belt in scotland and, and particularly in the west we, we're absolutely spoiled with we park are. runs on our doorstep we're, we're within Within an hour's drive from my house, I've got maybe fifteen to eighteen park runs, and yeah. and I I go through phases of of what my favourite is. Uh, yeah. I think I I talked about Drum Chapel earlier. Don't uh, give it away to the quick fire, Jim. No, Jesus no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to. But Drum Chapel, if you've not done it yet, I highly recommend it. It's it's often regarded as a niche park run, uh, so they often get a field in, in the 30s. Uh, it's quite undulating, but an incredible team uh, that, that, that run that event. Uh, so I, I did a lot of my first 50 park runs there, and then I discovered there were faster, flatter ones. So the, the likes of Greenock or, uh, or or Strathclyde for a, a fast yeah. blast. But I, I love the, the trail types as well. Air, Linwood, Pokema. We, we've just got so many in our These are, And they are all geographically very close to each other. If, yeah. you're, if you're somewhere more rural, you might have one park run within an hour. And, you know, that is your park run. And we, yeah. are, we are very blessed. I've not done Drum Chapel yet, but that it's on my to-do list on a week that they have 30. And see, for that week, Jim, we don't have first yeah. finishers. Yeah. We might have a winner. It depends who wins. <laughs> I still you never managed it. I yeah. still never managed exactly. You've seen me up there with my medal, and yeah, yeah. absolutely. What 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 you want to do then is go to Girvan Prom Park Run and make sure Kerry's not running. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> Kerry is all. If he runs, he's fast finisher uh, or first finisher all, all the time. Uh, so it's my my highest finish was second place, chasing his slipstream at one point. So you want to find a week that he's not there, uh, right. and you've got a good chance of being first finisher. So if you could get in touch, please, and let us know when you're racing something else on a Saturday. <laughs> Alison, we'll have a wee bit of park run tourism that weekend, I think. <laughs> We're going to get our letter G. No my, luck, no my luck, I'd turn up and she'd bloody beat me. <laughs> Devastating. Jim was telling me when I met, when we were at park run, Jim's dog used to have an Instagram page and rate each park run. And I loved that. Did the dog have their own barcode? No, because uh, that's that's apparently not 
supposed to be done, but I know a few people, a few new, I was going to say I know a few dogs. <laughs> I know a few dogs that signed up. <laughs> I know a few dogs, but I, I know a few dogs whose humans have got separate barcodes, partly because they don't want their own stats uh, flawed or skewed by the slower times with the dog. So uh, so I, I've got uh, now six six-year-old uh, Australian Labradoodle called Crumble, uh, and Crumble has still has her own Insta, uh, which is Let's Get Ready for Crumble. Oh, so yes! The, num- the number four, as in the, the good old PJ and Duncan song, <laughs> uh, because that's what we were singing the day we went to Collector, was Let's Get Ready for Crumble, and it, it kind of stuck. We, we used to do parkrun tourism a lot of the time, and, and she had her own blog, and it, it, it was really secret. Um, big, big reveal time, but uh, it, it was really just that kind of front front for me. So uh, mm-hmm. it was a kind of go, ghostwriter persona, but Crum, Crumble would rate all of the park runs. Uh, I, I think probably did about 20 or 30 of them. Uh, and, and our last one was actually Dunfermline just before everything got cancelled with COVID. Yeah. And then when Park Run got back, they changed the rules on not being able to wear harnesses and I won't get into the politics and rights or wrongs of it. No, but I will. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't run with a dog much at all because I found running with a harness was safer for me, safer for the dog, uh, the right in front of you, not crossing a, across other people. But... The, the powers that be decided that that, that wasn't what no. that wasn't the way and and poor poor crumble gets neglected i i, I was guilted to into taking her out for a few runs over the christmas period but her her park run blog is is kind of on a bit Defunct. of a hiatus but if if you if you google let's get ready for crumble.com the, the reviews are still out there I will I will link it in the episode description because that sounds this is actually bizarrely the second Let's Get Ready to Rumble PJ and Duncan reference in this podcast after the season finale with Jack Malloy. Um, oh, I remember that. Oh my days, this song. But I'm, I'm in the same boat. I was in the same boat. I used to run with Kylo at Park Run, and I can't do it on the lead safely. But he's not used to running out there to my side. Doesn't really know what he's meant to be doing. It was much safer for me on the harness. I do have my own feelings about it, and I'm not as PC as you, so. I would and, say and I would say thanks, Pat Run, for ruining yeah, my dog's life. And and especially, I mean, Drum Chapel was great because, uh, well, it, in, in theory, it was great great because the dog would pull you up the hills and and you'd lead down the hills, but. Crumble used to do it the wrong way around, so I'd have to drag her up the hills, yeah. and and she'd pull me down the hill and almost break my neck. <laughs> and then you've always got the risk that the stopping for the poo halfway through for your time, exactly. And yeah. sometimes that's the dog as well, so <laughs> it, it swings swings in roundabouts. You, you beat me to it. <laughs> I, I was just getting that out there before somebody accused me of shitting at the side of the road and parking. I can hold it for five k, Jim. I'm not that age yet. <laughs> We knew, Alison, I think that Park Run's a very central part of Jim's running experience in life. And probably, Jim, what you've said there is it's even more so. I never really know who you're going to be. You're not one for letting people know in advance, but please, you need to let us know for 250 where it's going to be so that we can get the community there. We're having a party. No, de- definitely there will there will be a party and I will trail where I'm going for 250 and 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 it will be summer so the 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 risk of ice cancellations or or whatever like like last weekend is less so but cut, cut off and right and it's not that I don't want to say where I'm going to be or the scarlet pump pimpernel it's it's my own indecision I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sitting there on a Friday night going where am I going to be I've got so yeah. many to choose from uh, yeah. and and even at eight o'clock on the Saturday morning it's sometimes a bit of a right let's talk a coin where will we go 
See, I I just have a look down that list now on the press plane run space to see where everybody's going, and I go wherever Jace is not going to be. <laughs> I've, I've always found that works best for me to enjoy my day. I was just going to ask a question because a lot of people ask this all the time. So you mentioned about just you know how you just turn up in places, but what everyone wants to know is. How do you just turn up in all these countries and go for runs? I mean, one day you're in Helsinki, then you're in New York, and everyone's always like, what does Jim do? <laughs> do you know, of of my running friends and Strava buddies, that's that's probably the most asked question. It's, what, what do you do? Uh, and some, some days I'm an undercover spy. Mm-hmm. Some, some days I'm an international drug smuggler. Uh, the, the reality isn't. or as illegal uh so i'm a partner in an accounting firm and and one of the one one of the best bits of my job is travel so i've got clients colleagues uh companies that have got parent companies subsidiaries or or finance teams overseas that i I get the opportunity to travel and and visit them i've also got a uk wide role in my firm where i've I've got a team that's spread across 14 offices so i i I tend to spend a fair bit of time in different places and 2023 has probably been a record year on on the travel front because i think between marathons helsinki which as you know allison was a football trip because we have a shared love of of aberdeen and 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 through work uh i've i think excluding england and wales as uh i've been in 12 foreign countries uh, over the course of 2023 and it, it's funny when I, I talked back about the the 15 stone me and being in a bit of a rut where it used to be work travel was a bit of a chore I'd, I'd often not get up to much when I was there other than just eat, eat or drink I'd often do room service for one now the first thing that goes in my case uh, is the trainers and the running gear uh, it, it's it, it's a brilliant way to explore and see somewhere new as you said I've been lucky to visit some amazing places no two weeks are the same in my job and two no two runs are the same Jim is that habit or discipline now that makes you pack your stuff for the runs because I do see it when you're away and I'm thinking that's obviously you need to prioritize it but do you do that because you want to stay in the habit or have you just hit that completely different bit with your running where it is at the front of your mind because of what you get back from it it's it's probably a bit of both. It, it's it's as it's more the enjoyment and it's what I want to do. So yeah. I, I'll often the, the the week the week before and and hopefully none of my bosses are listening. The week the week before work travel, uh, some some people are researching the the client they're going to visit or the job that they're doing. I, I I'm on uh, greatruns.com looking for <laughs> some of the local local routes and plot and training routes. So, very often before I go somewhere new I'll have a rough idea of one or two of the places I want to go uh, and, and vent, venture and run to Is that a real website? <laughs> it is, yeah, is it? runs.com Who knew? Uh, I think most countries in the world that they've got and I think it's just populated by people like yeah. us, like everyday runners. Yeah. Just pop- populate some of the local cool. runs, and you can find you can find the the routes on Strava or whatever. Nice, an accountant and a runner, you, otherwise known as the person you don't want to sit next to at a party. It's always been a bit of a joke, hasn't it? Because we're like, how do you get around the world? And then when we were speaking about it on Saturday, and you said what you did, Emily was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointment. <laughs> 
Uh, Jim, stick with the international drug smuggler thing, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's a lot sexier. <laughs> well, let's let's fast forward a wee bit, Jim. Let's get to the last sort of 12 months. And you can't, you've come through COVID. We've got that 2016. We've got that refinding the passion. How many marathons have there been between sort of then and 2023 beginning? And then we'll get to 2023 and what's happened there. Pre-2023, I, I had done 10. So in, in, some, okay. in some ways, the, the kind of... Covid changed the world for a lot of people. I, I actually, I, I, I kind of em, embraced my local environment and getting to run in, on a lot of the trails. I'm, I'm lucky to live pretty much a mile from the start of the West Highland Way. Some fantastic trails and routes on my doorstep. Yeah. Lo, lots of networks and paths and lots to run around. Uh, so I kind of kept up, kept up the running and racing. Twenty twenty two was probably my best running year ever and, and that'll lead into 2023 and it not yep. quite ticking all of the boxes uh so i i had turned 50 at the end of 2021 and then within six months of turning 50 i pb'd at everything i i ran so the mile Amazing. the 5k the 10k the marathon i struggled to work out what it was that that just kind of pushed me on to that level but it, it was an amazing really enjoyable purple patch uh, and and i knew it wouldn't last forever but then w- when it didn't last forever and i went into 2023 and the races not all going to plan and having various niggles and having bouts of losing the mojo i kind of looked back and said what well, where, where's the magic dust gone but so, sometimes sometimes that's just what happens we're running and you and you, you embrace and celebrate the wins but you realize you can't be in perfect shape and and hitting pbs all the time you just you just do your best and as you said at the start ryan it's it's not our job i don't think i may, may do terribly well if it was my job <laughs> but it should never be a chore either uh so it's about embracing it enjoying it and sometimes you just need to remind yourself well why do we do it because we love it and we yeah. get outside and it's a chance to explore and and meet meet people but my my 2023 has probably had more downs than ups run running and and race wise for for a, a variety of reasons we'll we'll pro- probably get into the purple patch is glorious but the bit yeah. If if every if every run was like that, PBs would mean nothing, and it can't be like that. That peak. It's just such a funny thing, and you do you hit the nail on the head, Jim, because we all it, whether it's like you said, it just maybe coincided with you turning fifty, but that's when you hit your PBs. Or sometimes you'll watch a runner go from realizing that they're okay to wow, I've you know got yeah. knocked off all these times and what a year it's been. But let's be realistic. When it isn't your job and when you've got other things going on, that won't continue. So you are gonna like plateau and then like you say you're gonna have that bad time or not so good time. And I almost have to split 2023 into half because like the first half of that year was my absolute high. It was like achieving so much. The second year, exactly what you said, Jim, just not, it, things just didn't gel anymore. It was becoming a chore. And that's when you've got to just change, step back, like you say, why do we do this? Because it's meant to be fun. Yeah. Jim, t- just before we get to 2023 and the specifics, you've done a lot of international racing and and marathons and can you talk me through where you've been for those big set piece ones because i think for listeners that are at this time of year often thinking about where am i going to go if that's a a big goal race you know we're not scotland is actually not stacked with 
big set piece races at that distance. So I know I see it a lot on Instagram. Can anybody help me think about a marathon or a half somewhere in Europe? Some so talk me through where you've been for those big landmark sort of races. Okay, so and at the risk of sounding a bit arsy, I'm not a big fan of half marathons. So I, I've not I've not gone abroad to do a half marathon because why would you? Uh, I, I tend to be it's you either do a marathon or not. You don't do a half. I, I know that's probably offending lots Wait there. of people. Wait there, Jim, I can hear them booing in the car. They're booing in the car. You'll be used to that for Aberdeen uh, games. You're fine. Crack on. So I've done five overseas marathons, and, and the criteria tended to be uh, ones that are relatively easy to get to from Scotland, ones that are nice, mainly capital cities, and fast and flats. In, in the brief, then, you've got me. So I've done Prague, Amsterdam, Berlin, Frankfurt and Copenhagen. And then kind of Chester, Manchester, Brighton, we said earlier, London uh, yeah. in the in the UK. So, yeah. or, uh, two majors. Where, where I've, where I've travelled to. So two two majors. And I, I don't think I'm ever going to get a good for age place. I've not actually gone into the ballots for any of the major other majors yet. I'm keen to do some of the some of the US ones and emulate Alison's achievement one day. But uh, it, it seems like a long, long long way off. But some something that I'd like to do eventually. Jim, what is good for age at, at your age group just now? So oh. actually, I'm, this is something I'm not overly familiar with. So it's not a loaded question. But is that does your age category is that a fifty? To fifty something is that? Yeah, like so it, I don't it depends on the up. race, but I, I think it's kind of round about the three fifteen ish mark for a lot of events. So oh, I'm still I, I'm, quick. My, my PB's three forty two. So I'm I'm on a on a good day. I might be able to be three thirty five to three forty five, but uh, yeah, it's n- absolutely no way I'm getting close to the good for age. And what about the the ones that you've run in terms of the whole? race experience the place the organization any of them that jump to mind i mean berlin is stunning i think just the if you're my i was going to say our age but i will say my age then you, you will have quite vivid memories of the berlin wall coming down and and eastern and west germany merging and 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 the, the whole emotion of of running through the brandenburg gate uh, at, at at the end of that marathon was was really spectacular. Yeah, that's that's one on my my bucket list for for later. I've just googled while you were speaking there the Chicago good for age times. So for fifty to fifty nine, it's three thirty five for males. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm not I'm not giving up. Yeah. I'm not giving up hope on you for that <laughs> at all. You you might not be backing that horse. I will. I will. No, no pressure. <laughs> I know, obviously I've followed you for so long, I know you've done a lot this year. I know there's been a lot of travel. I know, like you say, it's not been all positives for you. But do you kind of want to take us to the start of the year and maybe, I don't know if you know why it didn't quite go the way you wanted it to? I, I probably set up in 2023 with the aim of, I've, I've had a great 2022. How do I build on that? How do I get my marathon times down? And, and marathon training was kind of the big focus and be all and end all and uh as ryan knows because i said some some people hate marathon training and it's a chore and they they really dread the long runs i'm the other end of the scale i i actually love marathon training so i'll quite often get to wednesday or thursday and I'm quite looking forward to my 20 mile run on the Sunday and I'm working out what route I'm going to do. And that that's just 
how I roll uh, is not not how everyone works, but I I quite enjoy it. And there was almost a point where I started to question: Do I enjoy the training more than the racing? If, if you look at the payback of the amount of time you spend training to the amount of time racing, it it's a huge time commitment, and there are so many variables. So for the the two marathons I did this year, I'd actually say the training went perfectly. I always front load my long runs, so I'll I'll do a twenty mile run pretty early in the schedule. Uh, I will probably do significantly more 20 plus mile runs than most plans. We'll say I'll, I'll usually do between kind of six, six and eight 20 milers. I'll, I'll have done a couple of 23, 24 miles. So got the miles in the leg, got the head in the game. And I think both of them this year, for one reason or other, were going perfectly until halfway and then just uncontrollables kicked in. Copenhagen in May it ended up being about 8 to 10 degrees warmer than the average temperature for that time of year for for the last hour and a half, two hours. So I was kind of ticking along five-minute kilometres, really comfortable until I was running directly into the sun and melting, really, really struggled. Still 3.53, so kind of pretty reasonable time and and happy with it, but not not what I was going going for. And then Frankfurt later in the year, uh, again, training was perfect. Uh, I I never, never trust the Garmin race predictor stats Garmin race predictor said I could do 3.39 and I I think on a good day I was probably capable of about 3.40 which would have been just a PB the second half of that race was just torrential rain and wind so it was it was windy it was cold it was wet there was a lot of surface water there was a lot of cobbles and I had my my kind of Saucony carbon shoes with next to no grip and nearly decked it a couple of times in the time and mats and the cobbles but I, I think one one of the lessons for me is just how much of the racing is in your head as well yeah. because in both of them I probably mentally chucked it when the conditions yeah. got tough instead of just braving it out and I think I, I've heard lots of people say race the mile you're in and don't think ahead too much I I, I think ahead too much and over overcomplicate and overthink stuff. I never wanted to be that guy that finishes a marathon and your initial reaction is one of disappointment uh, because we shouldn't be disappointed. Doing a marathon is, is a pretty good achievement and doing 12 is a pretty good achievement, even if I say so myself. Uh, and I, I, I started to become that guy I hated that I'm beating myself up because it didn't quite go to plan. As we've said before, it's it's not a chore. It's not my no. job. We do it because we enjoy it. But uh, but when you've worked towards a goal, you're, you're always disappointed when you don't get it uh, and, you, and you've invested so much into it. I think I dropped you a message shortly after that because you could sense that from you. And I'm of the I'm of the school of thought where I think you, you're allowed to be disappointed in a race if that's yeah. if you've got a goal and it doesn't matter if it's time or how you felt during it or the experience or whatever it is, you set your target high, you train your bum off, and then you fall short of what your expectations were. If your expectations were realistic and your training matched your expectations, I think you've earned the right to be disappointed. I think dwelling on it's a whole different thing. I'm asking this as a question and not a loaded question. Is there scope to think that you've maybe overtrained going into these? Because, I mean, looking, you've clocked over 3,000 kilometres for the year. You're telling us there about the 20 milers. There are schools of thought about marathon training. I'm asking it as a question. Yeah, I have. <laughs> I've had a few people point that out. And I, I, I guess if, 
I, I run most days and sometimes I just do it because it's what I do and I enjoy doing it. The idea of having more rest days, I, I find a bit odd, but I, I probably need to em, embrace it a little bit more. I'm not sure if I would say I've, I've overtrained, but I've probably not invested in strength and conditioning and, and maybe not always listened to my body. Uh, yeah. when it said niggles and I know some some of my friends and coaches in the running club will probably be falling off their seats he- hearing me, me me say that that maybe maybe le- less is more uh, and that needs to be a 2024 goal you were saying how you enjoy the training which I do understand because some people just love running like whether it's every day long distance speed set like we've all got our thing we like but do you find that maybe that's why you as Ryan said did a lot of long runs because like you said that's what you enjoy and maybe it does possibly impact on the result on the day and it's quite a hard thing to stop doing because that's where you get most of your enjoyment from running if that makes sense yeah I, I think so and I to date I've never really followed a training plan and again that's maybe something I want to think about next year so I'll, I'll tend to go into each week knowing roughly how many days I plan to run what the total mileage I'm going to do that week is and how long my, my longest run is going to be but that's as as structured as it gets and and sometimes just with my work schedule and and travel that's as structured as it can get Sometimes, because yeah. I, I see so many people in Strava that are really, really religiously following specific plans. You've talked about Coupa, there's the Pylon crew. I often wonder, and I'm, I'm sure you're giving me the sales spiel, right? I often wonder how flexible they can be if you end up, uh, a, a week's training goes out the window because your work, your work schedule doesn't allow you to do what the plan says. No, absolutely. Don't give anybody the sales spiel on it because I'm acutely aware of the fact that it won't work for everybody. I think, Jim, you're in a different position to me where you're vastly, vastly experienced as a runner and a marathon trainer. I've done one, so I don't know enough to know, you know, like I can't just fill in the blanks or or I spend more time planning training than I do training and I don't like it, then it takes away my enjoyment. I don't want flexibility, so I suppose if flexibility is a thing that you're going to need, maybe that's where the extra worth comes in with like a personal one-to-one type coach or somebody who can shift your sessions based on your life i don't need that i've got i've got a pretty you know routine type set of hours i can get out and do my sessions there's a flexibility to move those sessions within the week so i you're traveling for two days right that speed session's not going to be ideal there because you've only got x amount of time or your route's not going to be um, lend itself to that but I've not been in that position of well what if I miss a week there's a chat to coach function within the app so there's two real life coaches you've got Jordan Foster and you've got James who I think was a Commonwealth or Olympic athlete as well and if you get that type situation you click the button they give you you can go on a zoom call with them and they'll talk you through your training and they'll point you towards don't do this do that think about this for that week so there is a flexibility it's just not an option i've had to use because thankfully my training went to plan the last time so you're you're absolutely right no sales spiel it's a it's a question and i suppose allison's hitting the, the nail on the head you're doing something you love you're getting so much enjoyment from it i understand why you would do it but I would be asking the question if I was you as well, would fewer long runs, more speed work make a difference? If time is the goal, but if time's not the goal and you're getting the love for running, everything's going to be different. It's just, I find it an interesting question because people talk a lot about the importance of rest and that's not high on your hit list. You hadn't finished this year on the marathon because I know you've done a lot of park runs since, but I know when we last spoke, you were 
a bit undecided about what the goals of 2024 would be. Would it be a bit of a change from marathons and do something completely out with your comfort zone? So for those that don't know, please tell us. I finally decided to dip my toe into the world of ultra running and I've signed up for the John Muir Way Ultra in 10 weeks time. Yeah, it's not uh, long. I so it's not realize. long. No, don't don't speak me, Alison. But uh, no, so I think d- doing an ultra is something that's probably been at the back of my mind for a few years. So th- there's a number of fantastic ultra runners in in my club, and in, including the the likes of Debbie Martin Kinsani, who's 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 a legend and, and spine race winner. Uh, there, there's guys like my one of the coaches and, and good friends, Paul Collins at the club, who, who'd always kind of jokingly said, she'd do marathons because no one cares about your time because they're all different terrain, different distance, different undulations. No one cares about the time, just at the fact that you've done it. And you can walk up the hills and you can stop and have wee picnics every so often. And and maybe that, that kind of planted the seed a, a couple of years ago. And then I, I think some of the some of the marathons the, the last few years uh, haven't quite gone to plan as we talked about. So it, it, it was a bit like Goldilocks and the three marathons so I'd I'd one that was too hot one that was too wet one that one that I was too ill and I need something that's just right so I thought well try something a little bit different a little bit out the comfort zone as I said I quite like the long runs I I've was got just lo- to say. lots of trails on my doorstep as I said so maybe it's meant to be and this might actually be everything that ticks the box for you because exactly. it means you can do the long training runs that you enjoy because you have to for an ultra and then you get to turn up and do it and eat cake and sandwiches so really what more could you want yeah and no one's caring about my time Time. especially me which is perfect that'll be so interesting like I'm so excited to hear after you've done it like how different it was because that's I think Ryan and I spoke about this before how maybe towards the end of this year I just kind of thought well maybe ultras are something to have a look at because it's not about time it's like you say you you can walk if you want you can stop and eat there's checkpoints it's completely different goals which is interesting so I can't wait to hear what your thoughts are and if you're converting. I, I love it as a next move for you because I think mojo is something that we speak about and you alluded to it in the post that I read Jim about you know you found the mojo a bit hard after after a marathon i think even after a good marathon mojo can be a thing because there's a alison i've spoke to you often enough to know that there's a that come down natural come down from a high as well if it's gone particularly well to just get back on the horse and go again you know it's like why is nobody asking me about that marathon anymore come and ask me how magnificent <laughs> i was um but jim i love the fact that a way of finding your mojo sometimes is just doing something different breaking the routine and and not f- not bashing your head against the brick wall of another marathon until you've got that bit in your head. What about other goals? So you've got that. Have you got other things that you've signed up for that you want to talk about? Or I'm interested in that bit you spoke about, about your head. And do you have plans around how do you take that next bit on? Because it's all fine and well saying I need to get stronger at it, but what do you do to get there? So again, I go into a new year with the least number of sign-ups that I think I've ever had. So I'd say my my, my 2024 goals are get the ultra done, get my 250th park run, uh, and then I, I quite fancy doing an autumn marathon and maybe having having one last go at that PB because, I, I, again, I talked about age earlier, so I'm 52 now. There, there is an age when PBs, disappear over the horizon. I don't know what that age will be. It will be different 
for different people. But I suspect I'm not that far from that point. And and I think you, we all have to accept that yeah. and, and be, be be the best we can be. But I, I think I'd... I'd like to have after a bit of time away from marathons, maybe do an maybe do an autumn one, and maybe maybe do one I've done before. So something like Chester again, which I, which I really enjoyed. I'm happy to hear you saying that you've not like loaded your calendar up with like preset things, and there's hardly a talk of goals there. I know you're talking about one PBE, and but it's a whole different approach to goals. And Alison, we were speaking about goals a wee bit, but we didn't. I said to you, I didn't want to get into it at the start yeah. of the episode because I wanted Jim to be here when we were chatting about it and keep it quite organic. What about you thinking? goals wise 2024 have you nailed them down do you do that how do you find that as a process I think for me this year is going to be really different because as we all know the goal for 2023 was to finish well complete Tokyo and complete the six stars the fact that I managed to finish it with a PB was like it wasn't a set goal but I was obviously delighted and then there just wasn't much else not fizzled out for me the goals like we said at the start this year are it's going to be about like challenging myself in different ways so maybe pit races that I've not done target one a month but not overload either uh, go to London and enjoy it which sounds like a strange goal to a lot of people but if you know me and you've spoken to me about marathons for a long time I ran with my head down and followed a line to get the exact time and distance and da, da 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 which is great. And I understand why people do do that. I really want to see Big Ben and, you know, the London Eye and take in the atmosphere again and almost revert back to what I used to do where time wasn't the big issue. It was going and having a good time. And that's not to say I won't have goals. I mean, there will be. I always want to be fast. And, you know, park runs actually... I'm not going to put a time on it because I haven't decided what that'll be, but just improve it. Like you said, turn up and push myself each yeah. week. Part runs have been fun and they will still will be, but let's, I want to get fast again. So yeah. just little baby steps this year, nothing huge. It's that purple patch thing, Jim. That, that that's hanging about my head from you talking about that, Jim. You, Alison, you can't go a whole year of PB in a park run no. at, the, at the speeds that you've ran at and do run at. You're talking about marginal gains, a second, two seconds, three seconds is is a lot to knock off a PB when you're at that end of your limit. But there will be times that it coincides with the London plan. You're, you've got the purple patch to capitalise there. I think if there's time related to any of my goals this year, it's that. It's that I would like to PB at all my distances, but not striving to do it in every race every all year. It's I know when it's going to happen off of last year. I know when that peak point is in marathon training where I felt on yeah. fire with my running. Because you'll usually have two peaks. Yeah. And, and you know them when you've done enough yep. marathons that you'll know that it's that point and that point in a plan, a five and a 10 KPB is possible. Yeah. Right, that time I'm absolutely shattered. I've done three long runs and yeah. three weekends. Da, da, da. And it is, an, and you learn that about your body and you know when you're tired and sometimes you go and you don't, necessarily not try but you surprise yourself because yeah. it wasn't the day and they're the best days um, but absolutely hit the nail on the head and I notice that this is when a lot of runners who've had their runners high those PBs in a row you'll see them have that slight dip in motivation mm -hmm. and confidence and a bit of a oh because they're like wait hold on but I've come to part run for the last four weekends and PB'd what happened today well yeah. it because like you say you can't do it every weekend I'd love to we all would but you just can't we've all got a, like a, a limit and, and what you said Alison about enjoying London and the experience really resonates as well because uh, if I think about half of my 
marathons, I can barely remember a thing about the last third of them because it was head down, focus on either time or just focus on getting to the end. And other than having the crowd noise, not really appreciating what you're in. So I know the, the kind of mantra, I'm here for a good time, not for a good time. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter of and, and ho hopefully you can get both in London. Yeah. I hope so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's funny because this, I mean, it's also really sad now, but I always remember people saying to me in Chicago, oh, wasn't that so cool when we ran past the stadium that the Red Bulls play at and they, the, the team were standing outside clapping? And I was like, were they? Now, who misses like six foot <laughs> something basketball players? But <laughs> I managed to run past a full basketball team because my head was down and I thought, you've missed that. Like that, you don't go to these big places to just look at a road. Like you're meant to be there to enjoy yeah. it. So yeah, you are there for ideally both, but it's important to remember that. Jim, that's one of my 2024 goals. And I, I did say that to Alison at the start of this before you came on is I'm not tying times to the marathon, but my aim is to finish it looking up and feeling strong enough to remember it. And like that last bit of Edinburgh, I've documented it well enough now to say, I don't remember a bloody thing about the last, and it still never came back. So that's gone. That, that, that moment of crossing the line is not what it should have been. Um, you don't want to remember. I saw it. I, I know. I know. But you were shouting at me. But it's to put my my goals are all focused around putting my head and my body in the right place to be strong enough to enjoy these experiences and maximise myself. Time will take care of itself or it won't. I think it's funny, though, that all of our goals are veering away from what they might have been previously, which was from, I was saying sub 19 5k last year this year a complete different mindset i want to ring out the last six months of the ambassadorship with lululemon and um, there's only six months to go in that for and that would be the end of a year there's no guarantee or even likelihood that that might go on there is a possibility but if it doesn't that's been an amazing experience i want to do what i can with the community with their support because it gives you a bigger reach for another six months, more community events. The majors and the runs are going to take care of itself. It's a bigger picture for all of us. So there's a lot of excitement and a lot of things to look forward to, Jim. And I'm really glad that you're taking a different track than you've been on to start off your year. I think you're going to do great in that ultra. Jim, talk to me just before I take you to the quickfire round about your place within the community. Do you understand it? Do you, before before this, do you know your place in the community? Do you know how centrally you're seen by people? I, I think I do a bit more these days so I as as anyone that knows me will will say I, I talk about running quite a lot I will tend to be a bit of a social butterfly whether I'm at the club or park run or whatever like to engage with people make them feel welcome supported and included and, and look out for people that look out their comfort zone that, that's not me trying to be someone in the community it's just going to doing what what i do and and just I, I do do that in a work setting as well lovely to hear some of the the, the positive comments about the the place i have in in the community and and that respect it's it, it's quite heartwarming there, there are so many unsung heroes in the running community i i talked about the people i'd met the first time i went to club or first time i went to park run and and people opened doors and took me in and i'm just doing what they did for me jim you are you and people that approach it like that are the lifeblood of the running community and you spoke about volunteers that 
are even giving up time and they don't run. Like they are yeah. they're the true mentalists as far as I'm concerned. They get up out of their bed in a, every Saturday every morning. Saturday morning, you know, they've racked up hundreds of volunteer credits and they've never run. But that's because you get something back. Nobody is selfless enough to do that every week without getting something back from it. So with that optimistic note heading into twenty twenty four, Alison, I think I'm going to take Jim into the quick fire questions unless you've got anything else you want to drill him on while he's here. No, I would just like to say thank you. I think it's actually been the perfect way to end this year and it's been really nice to speak to you and I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy this episode. Um, Likewise, and thank you for the invite. Right, let's not go all lovey-dovey yet, right? We've still got a quick fire <laughs> round to get through and we still need to hear his song choice before we decide oh, what oh, kind of note yeah. this ends on. <laughs> I could ruin it. So, Jim, you are well-versed. You, you are a listener of the podcast. You know the you know how this ends. We're going to do the quick-fire questions with your last set of 2023, or by the time you listen, first set of 2024 questions. Alison's going to chuck an unknown one at you. Unknown to you, unknown to me, my add. So who knows how that's <laughs> going to go. And then we'll get your song choice. So, Jim, are you good to go? Absolutely. On your marks, get set, go! Favourite running shoe of all time. Uh, probably my current everyday shoe, which is the Saucony Endorphin Speeds. Uh, and I know you like them, Ryan. We've turned up at two park runs uh, as as shoe twins. We twin. We're now triplets. Uh, we've got another. We've got a convert <laughs> oh, here. Joined the gang. Excellent. Yes, I'm a convert. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Favorite training route. So I, I live on the boundary of Bears Den and Mulgay, and probably my favourite route is one where I go up through Clyde Bank over the Erskine Bridge and then back under the Clyde Tunnel and back home. P- partly just the kind of going the over and the under the Clyde, but also because it's 23, 24 miles, so it's one I'll do late in the plan, so I know it's I'm almost race ready uh, by the time I do it. If you love depressing grey bridges, join the Jim Boyle training plan. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, question three, proudest running moment? Probably the Glasgow 10K in 2016, where Owen, my oldest son, did his first 10K with me. So he, he was, I was going to say we ran together. Uh, he, he he was well ahead of me, but uh, he, he, he got the bug from me and continues to run. So I think do, do the, Doing our 10k together was was a really special moment. That's cool. Worst running or race experience? Oh. <laughs> Enter 2023. <laughs> well, it's it's actually 2022. So Brighton Marathon 2022, where for, for a variety of reasons, uh, it I, I had been unwell the week before and it was touch or go whether I should have done it. I shouldn't have. Then it was it was very hot and sunny on the day so I got burnt sunburnt to a crisp in the middle of April which only only a kind of a very pale skinned Scot could achieve Uh, and then my my wife was also unwell and she spent most of the weekend in bed so I I went out after the race to to have a party for one I said well I'm going out for dinner she was expecting me to bring a sandwich back from Pret Uh, an hour later I'm sitting in Oaxaca with a full full works and a beer and and getting (laughs) texts saying "Where, where are you? Go to race nutrition. For the last couple of years, I've used the Kendall Mint Mint and Lime gels, which I I, I love the taste of, and I think they do the do the business. Yeah, you'll be you'll be on like sandwiches before you know it for the ultra. <laughs> Number six, if you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner, what advice would you give yourself? Probably that the more you run, the easier it gets, and you'll actually surprise yourself how how well you'll do and how how 
how easy it gets. Jim did air quotes for easy, just so everybody's aware. It never feels easy. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, one inspirational Instagram profile you never skip by. It's got to be Emily Jackson, Emily in the outdoors. No, her posts never fail to make you either smile, laugh, think, or all three. So re- re- recommend everyone follows Emily. You obviously missed her joke series then because they all failed to make me laugh or smile <laughs> and I'll be editing that out. Sorry, Emily, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> Number eight, run with or without music. Training runs and marathons, I'll run with music, uh, kind of club runs and, and t- 5Ks, 10Ks, usually without. Favourite park run? Oh, it's, it's hard when you've done 30 plus. I would probably say my favourite's Leaving Grove in Dumbarton. Uh, it's kind of nestled between the River Clyde and the River Leaven with a Dumbarton Rock in the background and, and, a, and a brilliant team who, who, especially during lockdown, created a fantastic virtual community where they, they looked out for each other and, and, and we were all doing uh, not park runs uh, in, in, in our own environments. And, uh, and, and a few years on from that, uh, I've, I've never for, forgotten what, what, what they created uh, doing that. It was really, really special. Special. Love that. Can I jump in now? Because mine's part oh. really. Yeah. Aberdeen or Hazelhead. Do you know I've not done either, but I've I've I would probably say I've run in both places, uh, but I'd probably say Hazelhead just because okay, so I'm uh... going tomorrow, so I want to know which <laughs> <laughs> Hazel Hazelhead, nice nice park, and it's. Uh, I, I know pe- some people get sniffy when when you talk about proms park run because they're not in a park and that's not again that's against the ethos. But I always like traditional ones that are trailier and in nice parks. So Hazelhead would get my vote. Okay, I'll go there. Thanks. I thought you were going to ask. I thought you were going to ask Willie Miller or Alex McLeish. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Do Grigby. Oh my god, I'll need to Google. Number 10, best tip to get out the door to train a run when motivation's low? Plan the route the night before, leave your kit out, set the alarm and put the alarm the other side of the road, the, the other side of the room. The other side of the road, to launch it right out the, the window well. to the other really side of the road <laughs> and stay in your bed. <laughs> your neighbours come round to exactly. drag you out. <laughs> Boy, a, get out. Exactly. <laughs> that, that alarm's woke the whole street up. Jim, finish this sentence. I press play and run because it's so much better than not running. And every, every run opens another adventure. Yeah, he's, he planned that, Alison. I saw him looking down. He, he'd notes. <laughs> Cheat. I need to change the questions again. <laughs> right, Jim, you know the last order of business, and you know my feelings about not letting me down on this. You're going to add a track to the Press Play and Run playlist that sits on Spotify. We've got over 30 tracks on there now. Songs that either fuel you, give you that motivation, or that very rarely would come out your running rotation. Hit us with your best track, please. So can I explain it first before oh I, my God. I lose my it's street n- cred? It's <laughs> never, this is never a good start, but yes, you can. Go. So, I, as you know, I'm a big music fan. I've got quite an eclectic taste. Uh, but whenever I'm doing a long run playlist, I've got a rule that says every every one song in ten has to be cheesy. Some something a little bit different, a little bit on uplifting. Uh, something whether it's something like Reach by S Club Seven oh that gets God. you doing all the movements. Oh my God. But my song choice oh my is the one and only by Chesney Hawks. <gasps> Classic. Uh, and and talk about key change. That key change in the middle just. 
puts that extra step in step in your stone uh, and get gets you gets you really going. And it, and it's also quite a meaningful song as well because it's it, it's about you are the one and only of you. So embrace and love the person you are. Accept who you are. Get to know yourself and get to accept yourself. So, so well, a cheesy Jim, song and a meaningful song. I was loving this until you tried to take it deep there and tell me that it's got deep meaning. Right, but do you know what? Like Chesney Hawks, they can't take that away from you, so you can have that song. That's not a bad one. I'm, I'm having it. I'm having it. As far as cheesy songs go, that could have got worse. We could have had S Club Seven in Reach. Yeah, yeah, a narrow miss. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, the, if anybody ever picks that, if you ever want to just completely and utterly nuke the podcast, actually, that's that's our safe word. S Club Seven. We just go. That's us. We're done. <laughs> Pull the plug. Final episode. Jim Allison's already alluded to saying thank you and. I want to thank you for your time for the podcast. Obviously, it's you're a name that Alice and I had been talking about having on for weeks now. But I want to thank you actually for more than that for the the presence that you've been over the year. Your place in this podcast running community. You are like a glue guy within the community. You bring people together. You hold them there. That goes such a long way. This is so much more than Alison and I. You've never been anything but open welcoming to me and i'm just hugely appreciative of your time and your company thank you very much flattered and delighted to be asked and i, I want to thank you guys for what you've done over the last year i'd say the podcast been one of my highlights of 2023 a, a great addition uh, to the podcast and, and rolling scene and the, the community that you have both created around it uh has, has been inspiring to see so thank you to you guys too i've really enjoyed it today as well because i mean obviously we do know each other well and people can probably pick up on that so it's just felt like a great kind of catch up and reflection session on <laughs> what we're what we've achieved and what we're doing but hopefully everyone can almost do the same and um i know like for us anyway we'll all catch up soon and i just hope that maybe people have, have taken today that maybe they don't live in the central belt but wherever you live there's people there's community there's clubs there's park runs so please go and be a part of it and then you know hopefully you'll have what we've all got yeah and and go get that a uh, ultra Jim, go and, yes. just, yeah. go and get the experience from it that you want. You've got Nikki there as well. You've yeah, got, exactly. You've got, Nikki will absolutely document it. She is half a head. So <laughs> we've got a deal with Nikki. I won't reveal what the conditions are, but Nikki's already told me what the deal is of she gets to be a podcast guest when. So she's already set our benchmark for when I'm having her on the podcast, which is just amazing. <laughs> I had no part in this, I might add. Um, but... So if nothing else, you're going to have good company along the way. But Jim, have a great have a great run. Thanks again for your time. Alison, thank you for jumping on here from Aberdeen. I hope your New Year's Day pack run goes well. Jim, where are you going for New Year's Day? I'm going to Greenock. So I'm going to do Greenock Park Run, then the Lyle Mile, one mile uphill oh, race. Yeah. The best way to start the year. I'm allergic to hills. So unfortunately, I'm going to do Toll Cross because that's nice and flat. <laughs> I think I'm staying local. I think we're going to cross. But, you know, have, have a great time. Have a great race, Jim. And thanks again for everything. Excellent. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. 
We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.